indeed. Uh, the first episode of this year. And, um, I mean, rip to Shane and Catherine. They're not here. Um, <laughs> but she's not here in this room. So, um, I, we have some introductions. Uh, I mean, I'm Maddie. If this is the first episode you're listening to, um, I was here last year. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2019. I studied English and Italian. What else do you guys want to know about me? Let's have a conversation. We are out with one Catherine and in with two, except we both go by Katie (laughs) and not Catherine. So rip Catherine Dunn. We love you. Um, (laughs) Rip in peace. But I am Katie Stalter. I graduated from St. Mary's College in good old South Bend, Indiana, and majored slash got a degree in (laughs) communication (laughs) studies and religious studies. And I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it only feels natural to have the other Katie speak after. Um, so I am the other Katie. I don't go by the other Katie. You can just call me Katie. Um, but I also am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So another thing that Katie Stelter and I have in common. Um, I just graduated from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., um, I have my degree in vocal performance, and then I have a minor in film and communications and um, also theology. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited to be here. All right, and I'm Matt. I am not from Pittsburgh, um, and I did not go to Notre Dame, so I have no connections with anyone. And but, his name's not Katie. And my name's not Katie, <laughs> but it's close, to, it's close to Maddie, yeah. so it's fine. Um, so, yeah, so I am the, the guy of the group now. Sorry, Shane. Um, but <laughs> I'm just roasting yeah. last year's house. I've never, I've never met Shane. Shane, I can't wait to meet you. But no, so I am Matt. I am from Boston College. Uh, well, I'm from New Jersey, graduated from Boston College. I had a major of political science. That's your yeah, story. That's my story. <laughs> wow. Thank you, everyone. Um, today, well, we were planning on recording this before Halloween, and as things happen... I mean, we just didn't. So um, this this theme of the podcast today is is saints, but specifically saints that have kind of a spooky Halloween vibe. If if you guys remember our Halloween podcast from last year, it was a lot of fun to talk about. I don't know, like ghost stories and things. But in honor, because it's November now, um, in honor of All Saints Day, we're gonna tie that kind of theme into saints. So today I'm going to talk about St. Sebastian. Who knows about St. Sebastian here? Not me. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know about St. Sebastian. He was from Gaul, which I think is France. I don't know. Um, Anyway, so he lived around the 200s. He was, um, spoiler alert, an early Christian martyr persecuted under Diocletian. And he was a member of the Roman army. Um, so he, he lived in and around Rome. Um, he died in Italy, actually in the city of Rome. So um, that, that's his, his thing. He was n- known for his courage within, within the Roman army. And he was promoted to general pretty quickly because of that. So there are conflicting stories about St. Sebastian. I'm going to tell the story that I heard first, and then I'm going to tell the story that I found on the internet. 
because I can't find the story that I heard anywhere. And I'm really mad about it because it's a really good story. So the story I heard was that when he was in the Roman army, his enemies tied him up and shot him with a bunch of arrows. And that's how he's usually eh, (laughs) depicted. He is shown like tied to a post or a tree and being pierced by a bunch of arrows. And um, so I'm sure you've seen, even if you haven't like acknowledged it, if you like didn't know who he was, I'm sure you've probably seen images of him because there are a lot um, everywhere. And um, so he was shot by a bunch of arrows. He was really close to death. He was rescued and healed by a Christian woman named Irene. And while she was healing him, she taught him about Christianity. And after this experience, he had a profound conversion. He converted to Christianity. And um, he, after this experience, he went on to convert a lot of his fellow soldiers um, in the Roman army. And the other version that I found of this online was that he was already a Christian and joined the Roman army specifically to convert people. And he wanted to, like, fly under the radar and just, like, convert a bunch of people. And that's why he joined the army. So in this version of the story, he was also shot by arrows and left for dead. Uh, Once he was found out by Diocletian, uh, who was the emperor at the time. And he was found still alive by the people who had come to bury him. And he was nursed back to health. So he was fine uh, in both versions of the story. And it's, it's kind of funny to me that, like the the arrow story is like what he's depicted as in like really all forms of media because that's not his martyrdom story like he survived that anyway after this experience of the arrows he went and confronted diocletian directly and accosted him for being sinful and for for persecuting christians and then he was beaten to death with clubs um and this time he he did die uh, and he was clubbed to death on the Appian Way. Um, if has anyone been to, to Rome? Do you guys know? No, I have, but yeah. So it's it's like the oldest road in Rome. It's that like kind of main vein that led into the city. And when people say like all roads lead to Rome, it's because all of the roads in the Roman Empire at the time led like connected to the Appian Way, and that led into the heart of the city. And so um, he was killed near. What, what are now catacombs that hold uh, Christian, like early Christian bodies. And that's a really cool experience. If you're ever in Rome and want something cool to do that's like kind of outside of the city, you can go to the, the catacombs of St. Sebastian because they're named after him now. And they're, they're super, super cool. Um, and just a lot of early Christians were buried, a lot of saints. Like you can see where St. Cecilia's body was, was found. Um, and there's, there's like a statue of her, like commemorating the finding of her body. And, um, that, that was my kind of like spooky connection because the catacombs are really like you go down and you can feel the temperature drop as you're like going down the stairs. And, um, there are still, you know, the remains of early Christians in those catacombs and you can tell who were like rich early Christians and who were buried in the catacombs like after Christian persecution by like the way the tombs are set up and and people like would pay more to be buried 
to like holy ruins. So um, that was just kind of how it was set up. And, and it was also like, but at the beginning it was because that was the only place that Christians could be buried um, legally because they were breaking the law uh, by being Christian. Anyway, so my other spooky connection is following his death, a Christian woman had a vision of him in which he told her where to find his body. So he appeared like immediately after his death to this Christian woman and told like the, the early Christians where to find him. And so they were able to locate him and then bury him after that, that vision. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. He is the patron saint of athletes, archers, pin makers, and a holy death. I don't... That's how I knew him, because we were talking yeah. about him when we were playing Wii Sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and I've lost my place. Oh, no. Okay, and according to some sources, he's also patron saint of plague sufferers, which I feel like is relevant to mm-hmm. our times. So I found I found some stuff on his his plague patronism. So he's considered a protector... From the bubonic plague he was formerly one of the 14 holy helpers do you guys know what what those are no they are a group of saints venerated together because their intercession is believed to be particularly effective especially against various diseases so this originated in 14th century germany um, as a result of the bubonic the bubonic plague and which later became known as the black death He's no longer part of this, um, these 14 holy helpers, um, but he was originally a member of them. And so these 14 are currently saints, Acacius, Barbara, Blaise, Christopher, oh my gosh, I can't pronounce this, Sir, I want to say psoriasis, and I don't <laughs> think that's correct. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Okay, um, Sirius, Syriacus, I don't know, Catherine of Alexandria, Dennis, um, Erasmus of Formier, Eustace, George, Giles, Margaret of Antioch, Pantaleon, and Vetus. And those are the current 14 holy helpers. So if you guys, like, want some extra, extra strong intercession against, um, the pandemic, these are, these are your guys. These are, um, these are who, you know, you, you can ask to intercede for you, apparently. Um, so in Louvren, every year on the 20th of January, there's a festival in honor of St. Sebastian. This is just another fun fact I found because I thought this was cool. A statue of St. Sebastian leads a procession around the village and people hurl bread rolls from their balconies to the crowds following the saint in the streets below. The rolls have a hole in the middle and some people string them on a rope around there. It's, it calls it the body of the bread, but yeah, throw, string them on a rope. Oh, around their body. I thought it was talking about the body of the bread. <laughs> <laughs> so they tie them around themselves. <laughs> it's like, what a weird name for bread. <laughs> what a weird way to describe that. <laughs> I read this probably like 15 times too, and every time thought they were talking about a bagel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the festival is thought to have originated also in the 14th century after a plague of cholera hit the area. At this time, the wealthy were said to have thrown bread and money to the poor on the streets below so, so as to avoid catching the disease. So that was just a cool fun fact. I like that. I mean, I think most of um, 
what I know about St. Sebastian comes from Rome because he's really in every single Catholic church in Rome. And I, it would become like a thing where I would go and find a statue or a painting of him in any church I was at. Cause I thought it, like, I don't know why I just think he's such a cool saint. And, um, like I learned about him from, I don't remember which church it was, but there's a really beautiful statue of him like being pierced by arrows. And that's, how I first learned about his story and and then it was just I, he was in every church I went into when I was studying abroad in Rome which was so cool um and you know I I say that you guys have probably seen Saint Sebastian and I don't know if he's actually in every like in a bunch of churches or just ones in Italy I think there's a when I was reading there's a high devotion to him in Milan for some reason um I I, I didn't really look into why but definitely in Rome, there are there's like a really high devotion to him, and um, he's everywhere, which is super cool. Um, yeah, so that's Saint Sebastian. He's one of my favorites and kind of a lesser known guy. Um, anyway, comments, questions, concerns. That is really cool. The <laughs> fact that there was like those two separate stories at the beginning that like I guess yeah. technically no one knows what the. I feel like that's the case for a lot of saints. No one actually knows the true story, yeah. but it's all a combination of like folklore and just the passing of um, story through through words throughout generations and stuff. But yeah. I kind of like both of them. Yeah, me um, too. Because I always just think when I think of saints and stories like this, like could this be turned into a movie or like mm -hmm. a Netflix special? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like both of those, both those stories could be. Yeah. And I, I really can't figure out where I heard this first story because I, I'm telling you, like, that's what I, what I learned as his story. And I know it was like on a tour or something of a church in, in Rome. I, this must have been where I heard it, but it was from like a, a source that I trusted. And that's what I thought the whole time. And then I was like Googling it and I was like, I cannot find that story. Um, but yeah, either way, I think, I think those are both really cool. That also, like, being... How do you survive being shot by all of those arrows? Yeah. That's insane. It's good for him. I know. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> pretty, pretty holy. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Dad jokes. To the <laughs> do not edit that out. <laughs> and I, I emphasize Dennis as part of the 14 holy helpers, because I think that's what Matt's going to talk about, right? That's, yeah. That's what you're yeah. going to talk about, so... I, I didn't just say Dennis in a row. Dennis! <laughs> you all know Dennis. <laughs> no. Yeah, so. he's coming up. All right, so I, as a slight caveat in the beginning, I don't know anything or didn't know anything about the majority of saints like coming into this uh, like this podcast and stuff. Um, I, I know the ones that I'm familiar with, that of like my home parish ones and things like that. Um, but I don't know many stories of many different saints. So... When I was looking up, I googled like spooky saint stories and a bunch came up and this one came up, which apparently it might be a popular one. I don't know. Um, I don't think you guys have heard of it. Um, I asked you all if you knew his story and I don't think you do. But so St. Dennis of Paris um, is a really cool, interesting uh, saint. Uh, so he was a bishop of Paris during the third century, um, which at the time uh, Paris was not Paris, it was called a city called uh, Lutetia, um, and it was also within Gaul, uh, which was of the Roman Empire. 
and all sorts of connections. Yeah, I know. There's so many. It's just Sebastian (laughs) and Dennis. I think it was a century late, but they would probably be buds. Probably. Um, And so he was. Dennis was sent from Italy to Gaul in the third century um, to convert people, um, which previously in Lutetia Emperor. Thesis, I believe this is how to pronounce it. Um, I'm going to make a lot of pronunciation mistakes probably, but I think I'm just going to run with it. Um, so Emperor Decius all but pretty much dissolved the Christian community with a series of persecutions. Um, so then Dennis and two of his uh, colleagues and friends who are said to be inseparable, they did everything together when they were on their missions and things, uh, Restitius and Eleutherus, who were a priest and a deacon respectively. Um, so the three of them were all sent to Italy to try to... Uh, convert people to Christianity. Um, And they were very successful at first. They were getting a lot of conversions. um, And then the pagan priest uh, caught wind of it and got nervous. So then they set the three of them up for execution. Um, And they decided to execute by beheading. And they did so on the highest hill in Paris, which is uh, now a holy place, which is referred to as uh, Montmartre. Um, Again, not French, but I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and the translation of that is the Martyr's Mountain, which was ended up being named for Dennis and his friends. Um, so, spoiler alert, he's referred to as a martyr. Um, but the interesting part of his story is that legend says after he was beheaded, uh, Dennis knelt down, picked up his head, and then oh. walked for a for six miles, continuing oh. to preach a sermon. Oh, no. <laughs> and that was just awesome. Like, that would make a great Netflix ooh. special. Yeah. Exactly. Like, first of all, walking six miles is not easy on its own. And no. then imagine doing it without it, a head. Wait, did he like, pick up his head and put back on? No, he was, he was holding his head. He was holding his head. Yeah. And his head was continuing to preach. Right? Yeah, his head was, I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, his head was still moving, giving his sermon. As he was walking six miles. I'm shook. (laughs) And where he eventually stopped preaching after the six miles, uh, he finally died. uh, And that location um, eventually was developed into the St. Denis Basilica, which also now serves as a burial place for the kings of France. Um, And you can see um, in the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral, you can see a statue of uh, a man holding a head, and that is St. Denis holding his head. Um... And so it was reminding me, when I was researching that, it reminded me of the Halloween figure, the Headless Horseman, who I, like, knew who he was. I don't know if you guys know his background, but so... The Headless Horseman? The Headless Horseman, yeah. So the Headless Horseman from American culture, he was a Hessian soldier killed during the American Revolution Mm -hmm. um, in the Battle of White Plains in 1776, which coincidentally took place on October 28th, just three three nights before Halloween. Um, and he was decapitated by an American cannonball. Um, and then Ooh. his fellow soldiers like hastily took him away from the battlefield, um, but leaving his the remain, scattered remains of his head on the burial ground. Um, he was buried in Old Dutch Church of Sleepy Hollow, New York. And then every Halloween at the anniversary of his death, he, his ghost rises up and then he grabs a jack, jack-o'-lantern to beat his temporary head and then um, tries and goes searching for his original head. But then after more research, as in Wikipedia readings, I found <laughs> that the Headless Horseman was actually originated from an Irish folklore character, Ooh, which was cool because like, really? hey, we're in Ireland, you know? Um, yeah. And so this Irish folklore character, his name is Dullahan, um, and he was um, also a headless demonic fairy 
um, and he would ride horses carrying his head under his arm, kind of like the, I think more of the image of what a lot of people think of when they think of horse horsemen, like carrying their head under their arm. Um, and any time his horse would stop riding, someone would die. He would kill someone on the spot. Um, and then the legends from the Irish folklore say that he is the embodiment of Chrome Dub. I definitely pronounced wrong, but that is a fertility god who demanded blood sacrifices through decapitation. Um, oh. And oh. then that god's <laughs> worship, thankfully, ended when Christianity came to Ireland, um, causing him then to be angry and rise in the form of this Dullahan um, and to terror the streets. So I just found, like, through all of those connections, such a parallel to um, to St. Dennis, but not like a parallel as if they're the same, like, like a foil almost, where um, they were both decapitated, they were both um, not, it's a, a very scary image, um, for sure, and something that you don't expect to see um, any day. Um, but one is doing good and spreading like sermons and the word of the Lord, um, while the other is terrorizing and yeah, murdering people. <laughs> yeah, but they're both, both super interesting. St. Dennis is really cool. Um, I really enjoyed learning about him and I would love to go to That's see him. Great. Like apparently he's a very, he's like the most, um, famous of the saints who were beheaded, but it's, that's a common uh, apparently that's a common thing to see um, if you see statues of someone holding their head it's because they were most likely a martyr who died of beheading yeah. um, and he was one of the most famous of them mm. and yeah so he's also one of the 14 holy helpers um, <laughs> I feel like it's almost almost insulting but he's invoked against headaches which is like that, I don't know <laughs> just that's, like, that's kind of sad you know like the dude lost his head and Oh no, like I have a sinus infection. Like, St. Dennis, help me. That's like, how I kind of feel about St. Sebastian being patron saint of archers. Like, yeah, he like, wasn't an archer. No. Like, he was right. like brutally tortured. St. Sebastian by does not like archers. But if you think about it, he probably knows more about archery, like, in actual, you know. That's true. The, the effects of them than anyone. That's <laughs> that's knows that's it fair. inside and out. Yeah. Oh. oh, we're just can you, killing Can we, can we edit like a symbol? But I'm I want a button. I want a button, and anytime I make a joke, I just want to say <laughs> push that button. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll ask we'll ask House of Bridget to buy us a soundboard perfect. where we can just you know I think that's in our our it's budget. Totally is, in our budget. Oh yeah. <laughs> we can even we maybe we can incorporate it into like Tase's services. And oh stuff yeah, yeah, too. yeah. With the, the, yeah. yeah. I yeah. agree. I think it's great. But <laughs> no, Saint Dennis is also invoked against diabolical possessions. Um, so if you're possessed. Um, or know someone that's oh, so possessed. Just, just take a take a break from being possessed to, to invoke. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just be like, hang on, hang on. Hang, just one Devil second. Spirit. <laughs> Saint, Saint Dennis, help me. Um, but well, maybe you can help a friend. Like yeah, yeah. Maddie, I know. If I'm you just, are I'm ever sorry. possessed, I'm I promise being... I will invoke Saint Dennis. Thank to help you. you. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's not in our house. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I don't want right. to witness this. <laughs> We should no, call St. Janice no, for Peppa no. Pig in the in the backyard. <laughs> oh Peppa. Oh man. For our for our listeners, we have a Peppa Pig toy in our backyard that has been hidden um, for we God only knows how long. Yeah. Um, in a tree. Um, <laughs> that now that we have been doing yard work in the backyard, we have found Peppa Pig. You guys found him la- her last year, right? No, we found no, her in the beginning this year? of this year. Beginning yeah. of this year. 
and uh, she just moves every yeah. now and then. I'm sure it's I mean, you know, it's the wind. wind or like the stray cats <laughs> in her backyard or something. But yeah, it could clearly be a possession issue. But the, clear, but the <laughs> really so Saint Dennis help us. But the spooky connection with Peppa the pig is that we I don't know if anyone's watched what is it uh-huh. called. Haunting uh, at Bly Manor. Haunting Hill House. Or Hill House. No, Bly, Bly, Bly Manor. Bly Manor. Haunting at Bly Manor. And the girl who plays, like, the Flora. young yeah. Flora, the young girl in the movie, she's also the voice of Peppa. So it's yeah. like, there's <laughs> like, a lot of spooky creepy. vibes spooky happening in our yard. Yeah. <laughs> it's spooky season. Yeah. St. Dennis, help us. <laughs> so, yeah. Any no, questions really or comments? Cool. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. Yeah. I, I, I'm, like, fascinated with St. Stories like that i i think you see it in saint sebastian too where it's just like he just got shot by a bunch of arrows and kept going i mean this even more so like picking up your head and (laughs) like continuing that's i don't know yeah it's just so cool (laughs) yeah i yeah okay go for it (laughs) all right um so for the next saint i'll be talking about everyone's favorite padre pio All right, so I've always had a fascination with weird stories and mysteries, so I'm really loving this podcast right now. Like, instead of watching Gossip Girl or, like, all those shows on Netflix, I'd be watching, like, Dexter. Um, but I'm not going to relate Padre Pio to Dexter because I feel like that is just <laughs> not should. right. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally That'd be cool. uh, let's not <laughs> Try go to that direction today, that. but maybe next time. Um, but, <laughs> but since I like all these weird stories and mysteries, I think this is why in sixth grade, my religion teacher, Mrs. Anderson, was teaching us about saints. And I was literally so obsessed with reading stories about Padre Pio because his stories are just like insane um, and incredible at the same time. And his life was kind of like a mystery and kind of spooky, kind of weird, mm-hmm. um, but also really awesome. So I declared him my favorite saint. Um, he was born in Italy from Italy. And born in Italy from Italy. <laughs> Padre Pio was born in Italy. <laughs> and I'm not really going to talk about his background. I'm just going to talk about the stories that, that he has. Um, but he, God gave him a lot of gifts. He had the gift of speaking in tongues, which I just think is uh, spooky to begin with. It's an unknown language to a lot of people, um, most people. Um, so the fact that someone could speak tongues, that's pretty spooky slash incredible slash the holy spirit is really inside of them um he also had a gift of seeing angelic beings in form so ever since he was young he could see and communicate with his guardian angel and with jesus and mary um and he could also see souls in purgatory yeah so that's that's a little spooky you know if i ever saw my guardian angel honestly that'd be pretty dope but um Yes, another one, this is a story that I often remember about Padre Pio, is that he could bilocate, um, so he could be in two places at once, so just, you know, imagine, I don't know, this is probably an unrealistic situation, but imagine you have, like, a friend in Rome, and then you're (laughs) in Dublin, Ireland, and you see Padre Pio on the same day, and you text each other, whatever, you know, texting wasn't a thing back then, but (laughs) you text each other, and you're like, I just met this really cool man, his name was Padre Pio, or Francesco, or whatever his original name was, I think it actually was Francesco, (laughs) and they're like, no way, I saw the same guy at the same time, 
Like, that's crazy. Yeah. He could be in two insane. places at once. I wish. That would make things <laughs> so much easier, too, like, if you could do that. Just on yeah. like, a day basis. You know, like, when, you know when, like, someone invites you to a party, and then someone else, like, two hours later is like, want to hang? And you're like, oh, I really want to hang out with no, the second I'm person. Just, <laughs> I'm not popular enough for You just have a lot of friends. Just, I've never had that issue. No, but your parents would always tell you, like, you said yes to the first yeah. person. But mm-hmm. Padre Pio, I'm really downplaying it. It's really... Yeah, good. yeah. It's, but um, <laughs> that was a joke. But, like, that's really incredible that he could... No, I think I remember, of how many people he helped by doing yeah, that. Yeah, I remember when I first learned about Padre Pio, I thought I thought it was teleportation. Like I thought he was just, everyone was just like freaked out because he was like in Rome in the morning and like South America in the afternoon and like yeah. that's not the case. He no. was there at the same time. The same time talking to people and so you know, cool. this man, another one of his things though was he didn't have to sleep or eat. Like he was just capable of living without Wait, any really? of that. Yeah, he, he could just more. abstain from all of man's natural power so it was a gift from god oh um gosh. so no wonder he could be in two places at once like he doesn't yeah. have to worry about food or sleep at all yeah. <laughs> but those are the joys of life so i wonder yeah. like like those are like some of the joys yeah. like you know what i mean so yeah. i wonder well, i mean he he could he, he could, could but like he but i wonder i wonder how much he no. gave of himself by with all that's, of true. that's true that's true then then i don't know i i mean i don't want to take from your story but i he's he's the one who like like heard confessions for like like hours, hours and hours yeah. and hours and hours mm-hmm. you know so like that's like i think you're right that's like it's a gift but also like it's a lot of giving of yourself because then mm-hmm. if you don't have to sleep or eat you don't take breaks you just like give of yourself mm-hmm. for that whole time yeah my question is when he's in two places at once does he know what's happening in his other place i don't know the answer to that. I, I believe <laughs> like, he's right. He it's, it's not like a projection of him. Like it's, it's him. him. It's him. So he right? should, right? I he think has, he has like, memories, recollections of both of them. What if you meet an incredible, incredible person in Rome or something mm-hmm. and it's super powerful that then you want to go and spread their word and your other person is the other side of the world but like you have to wait to like they catch up and like I don't, I, talk I, about I, what they're doing. <laughs> I, I think his story is, is more like like the, it's the same thing on the scale of heaven. It's something yeah. that we're never going to understand in this human life. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I love it. That mystery, it's really cool. Um, but again, Padre Pio was ill his whole life. Ever since he was little, he just was in excruciating pain and illness for his entire life. Um, and he claimed that it was from God, just a special illness from God. Um, so. He really like offered his life for people who was suffering, who were suffering. Um, he performed a lot of mir- miracles for people who um, got like. There was one story. Let me. Yeah, so he performed miracles <laughs> of healing for for um, people who also suffered. And one person was Giovanni Savino, whose right eye had been blown out due to a dynamite blast, oh and gosh. his miracle was restoring the sight um, for Giovanni. So that's oh really cool. And then he healed a fourteen-year-old with severe back ailments, deformities, um, due to typhoid fever. So he, he did perform some miracles, which was really cool. <laughs> um, but the main thing that, like, before looking up all of this information, sixth grade Katie always remembered that Padre Pio had stigmatas. I just always thought that was really cool and spooky because he was just walking around with, you know, the yeah. wounds of Christ on his body. Um, so after he was ordained, he developed stigmatas because he offered his life as a victim to sinners and he developed the stigmatas in his hands, feet, and hands, feet, 
and his hands, feet, and sides um, for 50 years. So, and he actually wore gloves over his stigmatas, um, and it like captured the wounds and the scents and um, the blood. And I just remember, I think I was around eight or nine. Um, they were there was like a big tour of Padre Pio's relics and one was his gloves and my youth minister in sixth grade for some reason our church was able to obtain these relics so I actually got to see Padre Pio's glove I'm pretty sure I touched it but I don't remember but everyone (laughs) always was like I touched Padre Pio's relic and I heard things or I felt (laughs) things but I was like eight so I just personally don't know I don't know if I like you know felt a tingle or something but um but it said that whenever he like announced his presence invisibly to people that you could actually smell the the scents from his wounds um so if you ever you know smell some stigmata wounds whatever that would smell like i'm guessing it's not pretty um maybe say a quick prayer to padre pio shout him out because who knows what could come of that maybe you could buy locate at some point (laughs) i think this is so cool because this isn't it's not that long ago like Mm -hmm. this happened like people still have like living memory yeah, like he, there are people alive who would have been alive while Padre Pio was alive. Right, right. Like when did he die? Yeah. When did Padre Pio? The nineteen. Um, he, he was born in eighteen nineteen sixty eight. Yeah, he died in nineteen sixty eight. Like that's so recent, yeah. and I feel like yeah. these like really um, sort of dramatic stories of saints where you know they're they're performing like crazy awesome miracles mm-hmm. i feel like those stories come from you know like our, our saints right. who are in the the like third and fourth centuries yeah and you know and here we've got someone who was alive in the 1960s mm-hmm. you know by locating and yeah. <laughs> with stigmata and also another cool fact is that his body is incorrupt um which i just have always been That's fascinated cool. by yeah. incorruption yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and his Feast day was in September, so that's irrelevant. But at first, I was like, you know, it's it's October, and I'm like, it's November. September was a while ago. At this point, yeah. he's a cool saint. That is really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for Welcome. sharing yeah. your story. Yeah, he's a pretty incredible man. I feel like he's mm-hmm. someone that we should all like really strive to be more like every day. Mm-hmm. But um, cool. should, I, should I start? Yeah. So my saint is a lesser-known saint. I actually had never heard of her, so I don't know if you guys have heard of her either. Um, but her name is Saint Christina, um, and they call her Saint Christina the Astonishing. So, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was born in Belgium in 1150. So, so a little while ago. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, relatively, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, okay. So she, her whole entire life, she suffered from seizures. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when she was 21 years old, uh, she is said that she had a seizure that was so bad that she was left for the dead. Um, and so I don't know if she actually died or, um, you know, how sometimes in, you know, the older days you would you know, they would proceed with the funeral and everything because they just thought you were dead. Mm. So I'm not exactly <laughs> sure if she was ever declared dead or not, but they actually did have a funeral for her. And so at her funeral mass, it is said that Christina threw open the door of her coffin 
and that she That's flew so up. Cool. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what? I know, I know, I know. Um, it's my yeah. biggest fear at a funeral. Same, that like the eyes are going to open yeah. on the body. That was my fear when I was a little kid about like I would get buried and have to ring the bell like they used to do in graveyards. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I don't think they, they put those in anymore. No, they don't. But... They don't. But, you know. Um, but yeah. that's, a, that's a nice fail safe though. Like just in case. Yeah. Like, yeah. But she like won- she definitely one-upped it. Like, you know, before it was a bell that and sometimes they even couldn't even get you because you're yeah. un- under the ground. But she actually, yeah, so she flew open her, her coffin door and um, she said that she flew up to the rafters oh, no. of the church. <laughs> this is getting less and less cool. <laughs> more and more scary. Um, and she, it is said, and I don't know how true this is, but it is said that she proclaimed aloud, and this is a pretty harsh statement, I feel like, to say, especially to people at your funeral mass who are there to, like, commemorate your life. But she said, and I quote, I cannot bear the stench of sinfulness given off by the people here. Oh. oh, so yeah, so yeah, she oh. literally said, I cannot bear the stench of the sinfulness given off by the people here. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> levitating out of your coffin. <laughs> yeah, it's levitating out of the body. Is <laughs> enough of a mic drop? Yeah, and so anyway, so after she, you know, she gave a strongly worded message to all the people there, um, she told the people at her funeral that, and I think she proclaimed this message for entire the rest of be for the rest of her entire life there I go um that she told them that she was taken um by an angel to first to hell and she said that she had seen so the souls condemned to eternal fires and she said that even like some of the people she some of the souls she saw she knew them in hell uh, and they were like people she had known in her 21 years of life wow. and then after she went to hell it is wait wait, wait said, sorry you yeah. said 21 years of life yeah she's 21, she's 21. When she, when younger she, than all of us right yeah now. yeah yeah so she's 21 <laughs> yeah goodness so she 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 was 21 when she died the first time so i don't know if she actually it said she was left for the dead i don't know oh. if she was really dead but um i assume that if they're having a funeral for her then she probably they must was. have checked at some point yeah right i mean she could have been in a coma, like for yeah. all you know, I don't yeah. know how the medi- how medicine was in 1150, but um, I mean, uh, I yeah, think we were getting to where we are now at that point. Okay, back to the story. Okay, um, so for yeah, so first she went to hell, and then after she went to hell, this angel took her to purgatory, and she um, saw the souls and how they were tor- tormented. Um, and purgatory as well and then finally the angel um, brought her to heaven and while she was in heaven um, it is said that God gave her a choice and the choice is either that she could stay with him forever um, which in my mind sounds pretty darn glorious you know Um, but but the other choice was she could also return back to earth and tell her story and so she chose the latter of the options. And um, so she re- returned to Earth um, and obviously spoke to everyone at her funeral. And um, you, know, you, have to, you, you have to come back with a bang. <laughs> um, but, and so yeah, so she came back to Earth. But the rest of her life, unfortunately, um, people thought she was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not only because of her story that she would tell people and, you know, and her allegedly you know, flying to the rafters of a building and proclaiming a pretty, pretty sharp message. Yeah, it's but, um, to swallow. Yeah, but the other, other reason is that there are accounts of 
of her praying on the tops of trees trees so she'd actually be like at the uh, treetops like that's really, really cool. praying and i don't know how high the trees were but that's like yeah. levitating or just climbing up no the tree? I, I assume she climbed uh, yeah. that's, was that's this <laughs> levitation thing like did she get to keep that or was that a one-time deal <laughs> um and then i don't know um we're gonna have to ask her once we get up there um in heaven um but yeah and then another thing that she was allegedly found doing was that in the winter time she would jump into bodies of water like you know mm-hmm. nearby rivers and she would um she, it in the yeah, when it was freezing cold and she would just that was like part of like the suffering she would take on and then the other thing i which i think sorry where was she from belgium okay so so she's cold yeah, yeah yeah and so um and then the other thing she would do which this i think is probably the craziest one out of the three but she allegedly would go into fires <laughs> and like for suffering and would just stand in fire and then oh she gosh. would, but she would come out completely unharmed. Wow, oh, that's really um, cool. And that's so why even I'm, if she I'm, didn't keep le- levitation. Like she has some she's pretty got cool, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't. I'm surprised I've never heard of her before yeah. because this is pretty. Um, I would yeah. say she's astonishing. astonishing. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, pretty, no. <laughs> yeah, pretty astonishing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was her like her entire life. She that I think she, she would just kind of do things like this, like. Like pray really and cool. um, wow. really in, endure intense situations like of cold and fire and yeah. um, but so yeah at the age of seventy four so she lived a, a wow. pretty long time after she died peacefully um, and I don't know with what what order the sisters were but I guess she died in the the hospital of like you know sisters yeah. that were taking care of her um, and her feast day is July twenty fourth but yeah and so she's a patron saint of mentally ill people and i don't know if that's because she did such radical things um but yeah so she mentally ill people psychiatrists therapists and then mental health caregivers is the other um group of people that she is i thought saint Um, dimphna was yeah was also a patron saint she's like the more well she's more well known 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 one um but i guess she's also a patron saint yeah that group of people oh that's cool yeah Yeah, that would, yeah, it's pretty insane. Wild. You know, I always ask God to give me, like, you know, some special graces, but, like, I don't know if I would want to go this far. To, like, you know, <laughs> go on fires and be like, yeah. okay, I'm ready. It's um, scary. It's, like, yeah. super radical, like... Yeah. I yeah, know. I really think Netflix should pick us up and just, like we could just do it like one just, full series of saints and like one episode for. Oh, yeah. I think all four of our saints could totally have a Netflix special. Oh yeah, yeah for so sure. Cool. Maybe Hulu. Oh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> Hulu. Hulu, if you're listening, yeah. please pick us up. I I do think they are avid listeners of. of yeah, this why podcast, wouldn't they be? So you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get some sponsorships here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Those were all really cool saints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a question before we end everything. Yeah. But if you guys could be the patron patron saint of... I'm going to say it again. If you could be the patron saint of anything, what would Mm. it be? Oh, that's really hard. And you can give, like, obviously a real answer or, like, a a joking answer. (laughs) (laughs) But... hmm. I was thinking that a lot... As, you know, we just had um, All Saints Day. And Mm -hmm. so I was thinking about, you know, the importance of, you know, becoming a saint and striving to be a saint. But what would we be the saints of? Yeah. Mm. It's hard because I feel like um, 
all, at least all of the the saints that we talked about, their their patronages are kind of linked to their suffering yeah. and you know the reasons why they're a saint. I just don't feel like I've had any experiences that would you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My um, joking answer I always give <laughs> for well, I will be the patron saint of um, because I had a friend who I was in an opera a few years ago and I was a nun in the opera. Yeah. And it was, I loved it. I loved wearing the habit. It was fantastic. But my friend made fun of me because I often wear gray outfits, like all yeah. gray in college. Mm-hmm. And so she like made me a prayer call- card with my picture of me wearing the habit. And she wrote, <laughs> Patriot saying of um, like singing, friendships and grout fits. And I was like, <laughs> and I feel like that's a pretty good it's claim to so fame. Awesome. <laughs> No suffering involved, but, um, but yeah, I think it's yeah. a good question that all of us like ask ourselves every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't give you any time to think about it. I just put you guys I like on kayaking. The spot. I like riding. I could, you know, be patron saint of kayakers <laughs> or riders or like water sports. I think that would be fun. Hmm? I'm not like good at water sports, but. I like them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the boating. Pa- I would be the patron saint of reality television shows once I get on to That's Big Brother. One. So, also Big Brother. If you're listening, which one? Why wouldn't Sponsor you Sponsor us. Sponsor us and then let me on next season. I think I'd be the patron saint of Sabra Hummus. Mm. Oh. Sabra, also sponsor me, please. Yeah. We already have them as a sponsor, so that's fine. Yeah, that's a good question, though, to kind of... Yeah, let's, let's think about it, and, and we'll, we'll let our listeners know what our actual answers are. Actually, all of podcast. you should write in and tell us what our patron saints would be. In the sure. comment section. Below. In the comment section. And what, and what your patron saint would also be. Yeah. I, I yeah. think um, if we all want to become saints, then, like, yeah. we should probably try to, you know, maybe just discern a little bit of, like, what kind of person we want to yeah. be in this earth, yeah. in this yeah. life. Anyway, our email is talkbreed at gmail.com. So if you have patron like things that you think we would be the patron saints of. Yeah. Let us right. know. Let us know. Also Tell follow us. us on Instagram <laughs> at House of Bridget. Yeah, at House of Bridget. Yeah. Um, and, and the we... Twitter that we're gonna start up soon too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's also at House of Bridget. Yeah. I, we just don't do much with it yet. We're if going if you to. have ideas of things <laughs> We should use our Twitter for? Tweet us. Tweet us. <laughs> Maybe we'll read it if we start it. Yeah. <laughs> um, go watch our prayer service that we filmed for All Souls Day. Oh, yeah. That's on the, the YouTube page for the Notre Dame Newman Center. I don't know. Do we have any other announcements? Things that we want these people to know? Live streaming Taze services every, yeah. every Tuesday, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Irish time. Yeah, um, mass every that, Sunday yeah. at eleven a.m. Yeah. Irish time. Yeah, you can find all those on the Newman Center yeah. for Faith and Reason YouTube channel. Yeah, daily um, masses as well at one o five p.m. Irish time. Yeah.